0: Hebrews chapter number 4. Take our reading in verse number 14. I want to read verses 14, 15, and 16. Hebrews chapter number 4, the Bible says in verse number 14 Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with a feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You can be seated this morning. Heavenly Father, help us now. We do ask, we do beg of you, Lord, to call back in our remembrance the things in which we've studied and that you've shown us, and I pray, God, you'd help us to rightly divide the word of truth, stop our stammering tongue, guard our lips of clay. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right, very familiar portion of scripture, and it's not my endeavor this morning to uh, dig a whole lot into the idea or the thought uh, and or the truth even uh, that Jesus Christ was tempted upon this earth. A lot of times when we deal with this portion of Scripture, uh, we are dealing with the the fact that Jesus Christ was robed in flesh, he took upon flesh, he lived a life that, uh, like you and I live, and was in all points tempted, and uh, we understand that he was without sin, and those are great truths, but I want to call your attention to this phrase, uh, the first part of verse number 14, where the Bible says, seeing then that we have a great high priest and i want to say this it's uh the idea that you and i have to go down to a box and climb in it and peek through a peep hole or a knot hole and tell a priest if you will uh, what's going on in our life that for that priest to give us some kind of a uh, a saying or a, something that we should do uh, to rid ourselves of that sin is uh, not true today okay we don't have to do that We have a great high priest, but I want you to understand today, the idea of the priesthood is not gone in 2021. But there is a misunderstanding of what the priesthood is. And so what I want to deal with, and probably won't get done with this this morning, is kind of go through the priesthood of the believer if the Lord would be our helper. Let me remind you what 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 9 says, says to us, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that they should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So I want to say this, God's Uh, uh, sin his son, no doubt. Christ Jesus did die. Jesus Christ did uh, shed his blood, and we know because of that blood there is remission uh, of sin, but I want you to look here at the words that are being used to describe not only uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, but the born-again believer. The Bible says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. You and I We like the the idea of discussing this matter of royalty. Much has been preached in time past on um, Mephibosheth and the lightning of that and how King David sent down for the son of uh, Saul, the son of Jonathan, and brought forth Mephibosheth and uh, set him under the king's table. We understand that Mephibosheth was that of a cripple who could not walk. He had been, uh, had, uh, been dropped, if you will, from that of a child and caused his legs to be uh crippled and we talk about how that uh, king david set him at the table of the king and fed him off the king's table with the king's meat and uh when he was up when he's up under the table if you will you could not see those crippled legs he looked just like uh, everyone else right and so we talk about that and we like to talk about the royal royalty of uh, you and I when we got saved by the grace of God no doubt we did uh, we were birthed into the family of God uh, and uh, we are royalty this morning and I do appreciate that but I want to look at this thought of that of the priesthood we talk about the chosen generation the royal priesthood uh, the holy nation let's hone in this morning if the Lord would help us on this matter of the priesthood now considering Hebrews chapter number 4 the Bible says seeing then that we have a great High priest. Now, the first thing I want to call your attention to, and we don't have time to dig into this a great deal, Lord, help us. We'll try to, to to get moving on here this morning. I don't want to get hung up here, but you understand that the great high priest was the one that went in annually into the holy of the holies, right? Not everybody went into the holy of the holies to uh, for the atonement of sin, right? To make sacrifice there. But I want you to understand that there was a chosen one that was uh, given uh, the opportunity to take this office. We understand that the Levites, uh, descendants of the the Levite, tribe of Levi, were the ones that were uh, given this position, or you would find that one that was a priest or a great high priest would have been of the tribe of Levi. And when you go back and you study that out, you find the Aaronic a uh, priesthood. You, you start reading about how God in, 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 had dealt with that of Aaron and the descendants of Aaron uh were that of priests, right? And we look at all these things, but the priesthood did not start when the law was given. And so I want to look at that for just a minute because when we look at Hebrews chapter number five, the Bible says, for every high priest taken from among men, is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity, and by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. And no man taketh honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So well, first of all, the, the office of the priest wasn't something you chose. It was something that was uh, ordained or given of God. So the Bible says in verse 5, So also Christ glorifies not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. Now I want you to understand it was God that sent forth Jesus Christ. You need to understand that. The Bible said for God so loved the world now jesus loved us or he wouldn't have done what he done but god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and it was ordained of god for christ jesus to come and take on flesh in the likeness of men and live in this world uh, of sin okay the bible says and he saith also in another place thou art a priest forever so we understand here that he's to be made jesus was to be made a high priest but it says here, as he saith also in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, you could go a lifetime and live in, uh, uh, be saved by the grace of God and be in the house of God a lifetime and not hear much said about Melchizedek. And uh, so I want to look at Melchizedek for just a little bit. And you'll also find there's a lot of commentary Uh, that like to skim right over this this matter of Melchizedek. But an interesting thing about Melchizedek is Melchizedek is known to be a great high priest before the law was ever instituted. Before God got with Moses on the mountain and gave him the commands that were to be brought down to his people, there was a great high priest back in the days of Abraham. You need to understand that. And so I want to notice here, if you will, that Jesus Christ was not a great high priest after the order of Aaron. He was a great high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Why does that matter? Well, it matters a great deal. I want to look at that if the Lord will help us here for just a few minutes this morning, okay? So we understand Jesus Christ was called of God. And he was to be sent into this world to bleed and die. But you and I have a great high priest now. What's that mean? We have access to God through Jesus Christ. Do you know how God's people uh, were to have uh, their, their uh, sins, the, the atonement for sin? They had to go through that of the great high priest. They were sweating bullets and shaking and worried to death that that great high priest when he went in to the Holy of Holies, they was worried to death till he'd come back out again. Because if he wasn't right with God, he could be struck dead in that place. You need to understand that. It was a very a sobering experience and a very sobering time. And so I want you to know that the idea of the priesthood today isn't gone. You and I still have to go through a priest to get to God. But that priest is that of Jesus Christ, not some fellow in a, a black suit or a white suit or whatever they wear with a little thing on their collar uh, standing beside a people that you tell them all your dirty secrets. That's not it at all. The idea is, friend, that you can go to God through Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, because of what he done. He was a given and established for our great high priest. But after the order of of Melchizedek. Now turn with me quickly to Psalms 110. This is a prophecy. This is a prophecy concerning Melchizedek. Psalms 110. Let's just start reading in verse 1 and we'll get to verse 4 here. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Does that sound familiar to you uh, this morning? You find that in Luke, uh, you find a story similar to that in Luke. said here, the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauties of wholeness from the womb of the morning, thou hast to do of thy youth. The Lord has sworn and will not repent, thou art a priest, we're after the order of Melchizedek. So this prophecy, we're prophesying of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we're bringing up in this prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ this idea or this truth, if you will, that Jesus Christ is going to be the priest or a great high priest of the order of Melchizedek. Now you can go to Genesis 14 and we don't have time to do that this morning. Well, yeah, we do too. We, we have to break this up in several sections. Just go with me to Genesis chapter 14 for just a minute. Let's look here in Genesis chapter 14. I want to look at verses number, um, let's see, verse number 18. Let's look at verse number 18. Chapter 14, verse number 18. The Bible says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. Now, I want you to notice something here. What was it that Jesus Christ offered the disciples before he went and died on Calvary. He offered the bread and he offered the wine. And the bread was his body, right? And the, the wine, the fruit of the vine was this, when he passed the cup, was uh, to uh, to look towards the blood that would be shed. Well, this is interesting because in this story that we find, we find here that Melchizedek in verse number 18, king of Salem brought forth bread and wine. He was the priest. Of the most high god let me call your attention to this truth one more time the law had not been given there was there was was nothing given moses is not on the scene yet you need to understand that and a lot of times when we talk about the priesthood or we talk about uh these types of things we seem to go back as far as moses and mount sinai and the law and we forget to go back further than that But we find there's a great high priest here. This great high priest has come to Abraham to congratulate him on his success as he went out and fought against the kings that had come and taken Sodom and Gomorrah and the spoils of Sodom and Gomorrah. And you find that Lot and his family had also been captured and taken out of the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so when, when word gets back to Abraham that this has happened, Abraham goes to those which was raised uh, in his household and under his servants and gathered a group of people together and went and fought against these kings and had taken that of Sodom and Gomorrah, those that had been taken and the spoil back. And so Melchizedek, king of Salem, has come to congratulate him in this. And then he offers in this, bread bread. And why? What has happened is you see a picture of salvation. You see that Abraham has gone and there's salvation for those uh, that have been taken out of the land and brought back. And so when you see this beautiful picture of salvation, the next thing you see, Brother Shane, is bread and wine. That probably didn't mean a whole lot at that time, but it's a foreshadowing of what is to come. Jesus Christ is of the, the order of milk. All right? Now, buckle your seat belts and cinch up tight this morning because what I'm fixing to say could bring great danger to me, okay? But you need to pay attention and you need to hear me out and you need to hear me out real well this morning, all right? I want you to notice this with me. Turn with me to Hebrews while you hold your place in Genesis. Turn back with me to Hebrews chapter uh, number 7. Hebrews chapter number seven. The Bible says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness. And that also king of Salem. Now, Salem translated is that of peace. Notice that. Melchizedek, the king of Salem. Salem being translated peace. One could say that Melchizedek was the king of peace. Notice that. Jesus Christ now coming from the order of Melchizedek. Let me remind you as I'm building up to this, if you will, that Jesus, when he uh, uh, promised the, the promise to Abraham, he swore by himself. Why? Because there was none greater, right? Now, notice this. Why is it that Jesus Christ is not of the order uh, of the Aaronic priesthood? Because you look at the in the Aaronic priesthood, some moronic things. He does some ignorant things. I mean, he, brought, he, he allowed this golden calf to be built and allowed the, God's people to worship that calf. You find that there were some things about uh, Aaron that wasn't perfect. Notice that. But Jesus Christ was the sinless, sinless, perfect Son of God. Now, we know the Son of God as Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ being what? The Messiah, the Savior, if you will, of his people. But I want you to notice this, before uh, the name Jesus is ever on the scene, you find that the Son of God is mentioned time and time again. The Son of God was in heaven when the worlds were created. You need to understand that. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was before the foundation of the world, right? Now what happens here, notice with me, let's read for just a minute. He says, uh, "For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. First, being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without uh, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made light unto the son of God." abideth a priest continually. Notice something about this Melchizedek. This Melchizedek neither had beginning of days, had without father, without mother, without descent. In other words, he was not born of a woman. By that of the seed of man. Having neither beginning of days. So notice that after we've established the fact that Melchizedek was not born of a man and woman, we find that Melchizedek had no beginning of days. So if it wasn't born of man or born of woman, and it had no beginning of days, who is this Melchizedek? Now some, a lot of your commentators want to take you to this, uh, this matter of Melchizedek and tell you that this Melchizedek was an angel of the Lord. I want you to understand something about angels. Angels were created beings. And angels were created beings for the pleasure, for the glory, for the honor of God. Now notice this with me. Colossians 1 and 16 (coughs) tells us, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Now, what are the angels doing? They're crying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, right? I mean, they're worshiping the Lord. They're created beings for the glory and for the honor of the Lord. But we find here that in verse number 17 of Colossians 1, it says, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Everything that is, is because of the Lord. Everything was created by him, for him, for his good pleasure. You do need to understand that. So because we understand he is before all things, when we read this key verse of Scripture in verse number 3 of Hebrews 7, it says, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, we understand that Melchizedek will always be. You say, "Well, that's not hard to imagine. If he's in heaven, he'll he'll live in eternity. But he always has been." Now, I want you to pay attention to this: without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made light under the Son of God, a a priest. Continue. You know why Jesus, when he talked, our God, when he talked to Abraham, swore by no other than himself because he couldn't trust nobody else. And Jesus Christ isn't a great high priest from the order of Aaron, because if he was, he wouldn't be sinless and perfect. But he's a great high priest from the order of Melchizedek, because Melchizedek was a pre-incarnate Christ. Now that scares some people, and that makes some people angry, and it upsets some people, but let me give you just a few definitions here, if I can. Pre-incarnate simply means this, previous incarnation. Existence before incarnation. Well, what is incarnate? Incarnate is to embody flesh. You say, well, Melchizedek had flesh. Sure he did. But he wasn't a father or mother. Jesus Christ, although Jesus Christ being the Son of God, when he was born, he was born of a woman made under the law to redeem them that are under the law. And he would come of the seed of David. The difference here is Jesus Christ had not taken on the form of flesh in and of the the descendant of mankind. You need to understand that. So we understand here the Son of God, before he was the seed of David, was seen here in in this man, Melchizedek. Now, why why does that make a difference? Because the seed of man makes all the difference in the world. See, Jesus Christ, see, nobody wants to, well, not nobody, a lot of people want to get in this argument about the blood of Christ, but this is very important, friend, that that Jesus be made of the seed of a woman, a sinner woman, but have the blood of God in his veins. But when we find that, that this Melchizedek being the son of God, we don't find him adorned in flesh of mankind. Yes, he had on flesh, he was created, but I want you to know, or given given this this body, if you will, to exist upon the earth in in this present time, but he wasn't born of a woman with the seed of sinful flesh. You need to understand that. So anyway, the Bible says here, now consider, let me also say this, we don't have any problem when we start talking about King Nebuchadnezzar, and we start talking about the fourth man in the fire, He says, I see one likened unto the Son of God. What does that mean? Well, it means Jesus Christ showed up and helped the three Hebrew children. We understand that. The Son of God did. The Son of God showed up and helped them. King Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon. What did he know about the Son of God? When you see him, though, you know what you've seen. When the Lord Jesus Christ dealt with my heart, I had no doubt what was going on with my life. All right, and so we see here that in verse 3, it says, No end of life, but made life unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. But notice with me, if you will, here, verse 4 says, Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave tenth, the tenth of the spoils. Abraham took a tenth of the spoils, and give to this high priest, Melchizedek. He said, And verily they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law that is of, the, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. We're finding a distinction. Though they come from the loins of Abraham, we understand that the priests, the Levites, were lived off of the altar and they lived off of the tent of what the others brought in. They didn't have nothing. They were serving God and they, they, they lived off of what was brought in, the tent, if you will, that was brought in. But look at verse 6. But he whose descendant is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there it receiveth them of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. And as I may so say, Levi also who receiveth tithes paid tithes in Abraham. That gets a little confusing. What we're saying here is the Levites were taking in Ties and living off of what uh, God's people brought in, while they focused their undivided attention to serving God and doing the the, the duties of the temple, you need, or the tabernacle at that time. You need to understand that, okay? So here's what we see here. He see, for, uh, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. So we're making a distinction right now between the priesthood of Melchizedek and the priesthood of Aaron. Say, how are we doing that? Because we understand that the Levites were descendants of the priesthood, of the Aaronic priesthood. We understand that. But but we're talking about Melchizedek receiving the tithes of Abraham. And what we're saying is those that receive tithes of God's people also give tithes to that of Melchizedek. How? Through Abraham. So how is that possible? For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. So when Melchizedek met Abraham, and Abraham paid a tent or gave tithes to that of Melchizedek, it was the same as the Levites doing that. How so? Because we understand here that he says, And as I may so say, Levi also who receiveth tithes paid tithes to Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. So notice this what his father did you got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, then what? Levi. What does that mean here? There several generations that had to come down the line uh, before we go from Abraham to that of the Aaronic priesthood. But I do want you to notice this, if you will. God is saying here, for He was yet in the loins of His Father when the Melchizedek met Him. What His Father did was counted to Him as having Him as Him having done it also. Now we have a problem. Some people have a problem with sin. Some people act like we don't have a sin nature. Some people act like we didn't inherit sin. I inherited sin because of my fathers. And right here, God, we see, is, is counting Levi to have been the one that paid tithes to that of, of Melchizedek through that of Abraham before Levi was ever born. We see descendants here. You and I, we have a problem, or had a problem, a sin problem because of our forefathers. But right here we do see that this matter of, of giving tithes to Melchizedek uh, was, was accounted to Levi through that of his forefather Abraham having paid tithes. say, so what's that got to do with anything? Well, let me, let me, if I can, explain this to you like this. Priests before the law were there to make sacrifice. That's right. And uh, priests under the law were there to make sacrifice. And then there was a priest after the law. Say, so what do you mean? Well, what happened uh, after the law? When did the law go out and grace come in? Well, I want you to notice with me here. Turn to Matthew chapter uh, number 27. Matthew chapter number 27. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 27 and verse number Uh, Fifty. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Now we know that in these scriptures, Christ is hanging on Calvary. Christ has been brutally beaten. He has been abused beyond measure. He has been treated in a fashion that no human being could have withstood and still yet be living. And he has laid himself out and allowed them to drive the nails in him after they had mortally wounded this man Jesus Christ, God the, the Son, and they have hung him between the heavens and the earth, and it comes to the point where it says, Jesus, when he had cried, well, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost, and what happened? Saying, so Behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. Of God, Something happened that caused the centurion to change his mind about this man that was still yet hanging on the cross of Calvary. Now we understand that Jesus Christ was mocked. He had a crown of thorns. And, uh, he was uh, mocked as the king of kings, right? King of the Jews. And uh, so through all this mocking and all that's been done, they don't see Christ for who he is. But when he gives up the ghost, after they had berated him and told him that if he be the son of God, to come down off the cross, and he didn't do that, but after he died and gave up the ghost, something happened that caused the centurion to say, "Truly, this was the son of God." Not two things happen here. We find the earthquake, no doubt about that, but we also find here that the veil was rent from the top to the bottom. Why? was the veil rent from the top to the bottom because jesus christ is the great high priest after the order of melchizedek and always will live and abide and he will always be the one that gives intercession uh brings intercession we are he's our intermediator our intercessor And he goes before God on our behalf, and when we pray to God, we are in the presence of God. When you bow your head and get on your knees and you cry unto God and unto the Lord Jesus Christ, you, friend, are in the throne room, if you will, uh, talking to that of God through the great high priest, Jesus Christ. And I appreciate that. But this veil is rent to signify something. You and I are no longer, mankind no longer had to go through a man to get to God. But now we go through the man, Christ Jesus, God the Son. And he was after the order of Melchizedek, sinless and perfect and always what you and I needed. And if we had been relying on someone after the order of Aaron, you and I would be in trouble this morning. But I do want you to notice something. We still have to go through... That of a priest. Now, notice with me, I I forgot to mention this. Who was Melchizedek? He was the king of Salem. What's that mean? Well, look with me. Psalm 76 1 and 2 says, In Judah is God known. His name is great in Israel. In Salem also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. Where is Jesus Christ going to rule and reign for a 1,000 years? At Jerusalem. Jerusalem. S-A-L-E-M. And we find here in Psalm 76, verse 2, in Salem also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. And a lot of commentators won't agree with me here either. But Salem was that of Jerusalem. And uh, here's what I want you to see. Uh, God originally consecrated, or excuse me, uh, took, took the, the firstborn, notice this, you go back to this matter of Egypt, right? Before Moses takes the, the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the uh, headed towards the Promised Land, and as they go through the wilderness, you understand we find this time frame is when the law has been handed down, right? But notice there was a sacrifice that had to be given and had to be made so that when the death angel come, he would see the blood that was on the doorpost and the lintel and pass by that house because sacrifice of the lamb had been made, right? Still understanding this sacrifice that was made is still before the Aaronic priesthood. So we find here, and you'll find Job made sacrifice for his uh, children in the book of Job. Now uh, you can argue them if you want to, but Job was along before Moses. And job being along before Moses meant he was pay, uh, paying sacrifice for his children uh, before the priest the Aaronic priesthood had come about. You say why is that important? Because you'll find that the head of the home was the one that was paying sac- or killing the lamb and giving sacrifice for that of the, the family and that of the son. Now, I do want you to notice here, if, if you can, turn with me real quick to Exodus chapter number 13. Exodus chapter, and I'm going somewhere with over this, so just bear with me. It has a lot of information. I know this is a little different this morning, but we need to take a look at this. Exodus, I didn't mark it, Exodus chapter 13. Let me get there real quickly. I want to read to you verses 11 through 15. Chapter 13, the book of Exodus, verse number 11 says, And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, and he swear unto thee and to thy fathers, and shall give it thee, thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the male shall be the Lord's. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. And it shall be when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, "What is this?" that thou shalt say unto him, By strength of hand, uh, the Lord brought us out of uh, from Egypt, from the house of bondage. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh would hardly let us go, that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore I sacrificed to the Lord all that opened the matrix, being males, but all the firstborn of my children I redeemed. Now, go to Numbers chapter number 8, verse number 16 and 18. I'll make my point here in just a moment. Numbers chapter number 8, verses number 15, starting there. Numbers chapter number 8, verse number 15. And after all, or excuse me, and after that shall the Levites go in to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, thou shalt cleanse them and offer them for an offering. For they are wholly given unto me from among the children of Israel. Instead, now notice this word, instead of such as open every wound, Even instead of the firstborn of all the children of Israel have I taken them unto me. For all the firstborn of the children of Israel are mine, both man and beast, on the day that I sloughed every firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified them for myself. And I have taken the Levites for all the firstborn of the children of Israel. You know what happened here? The firstborn that were saved back in Egypt. They were going to be the priesthood. Notice this. But something happens when God is giving uh, Moses the commandments up on Mount Sinai. Aaron, the priest, he's down here making this golden calf. Right? And all the tribes of Israel got involved in the making of this calf and the worship of this calf except for one tribe, the tribe of Levi. And so God, understanding here as we you see this, uh, this transition of the priesthood, you find that the father, that before uh, God gave down the law, the father was responsible for making sure his family uh, had what they needed as far as atonement. But then you find that this transition of God bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, that uh, he saved all the firstborn because of the blood that had been placed on the doorpost and the lintel, because the head of the home, if you will, made sure to, to kill the lamb and to do all that was told him. And then you find that these firstborn was in, in by design to be the, in the priesthood, but because they turned their back on what God expected, that one group, the Levites, did what they were supposed to do, and God chose the Levites to be the ones that handled that of the office of the priest. And so we, and I, I've been studying this out and looking at it and trying to figure out how all these transitions had taken place. And, and, and it's interesting because he chose the tribe of Levi to take the place uh, in, in this matter of the priesthood, the only tribe that we know that did not participate in this golden calf worship. But we don't find that when Jesus Christ uh, was, was mentioned as a great high priest that he'd come from, from this uh, priesthood, if you will, this ironic priesthood. He come from the order of Melchizedek. Well, all that being what it is, is interesting to me because we go back to 1 Peter chapter number two and we read that, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We find that that the, the Levites, nobody could be a priest but the Levites, right? So nobody could be born of another tribe and just get bought into the fact that they become a priest. If you wasn't born into it, you wasn't a priest. If you weren't born into the lineage of that of the Levites, you wasn't getting in as a priest. But the Bible says here in 1 Peter chapter number 2, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. Why? How are you and I, how are you and I, royalty? Because we were born into the family of God, right? But we understand Jesus Christ is our great high priest. And the Bible says ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Not just royalty, but a priesthood. So you and I now that we're saved by the grace of God are priests. How? How are we in the priesthood? How are you and I in the priesthood? Because you and I were born into the family of God. But we're not after the priesthood of the Aaronic priesthood. You and I are in the priesthood of that of Melchizedek. You and I did not follow the lineage of the Levites. You and I come of the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. He bought and paid for us. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that are under the law. That we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, notice with me here: the Bible said that when Jesus Christ gave up the ghost, the veil was rent from top to bottom. That means, friend, that those could look into the holy of holies, uh, holy of holies, because of Jesus Christ and what He done. Now, notice with me here: what happened when the veil was rent? It was torn from top to bottom, not bottom to top. That means that the ripping didn't start from the bottom where man stood. It started at the top where God was at and ripped its way down. And so Jesus Christ was the the way maker into the holy of holies, not mankind. See, before everybody was looking for that one man to get into the Holy, Holy, holy of holies and do something for them. But now we look at Jesus Christ. And it's interesting because the ripping of the veil come by the ripping of the flesh makes all the difference. He'd come after the order of Melchizedek. He'd come after his own. He, listen, he came come after the order of himself. But this time he was at the seat of David. This time he was born of a woman. Why? To redeem them that are under the law. And what he done is he gives his body to be torn. And they ripped him just like the veil was torn, from the top to the bottom. There wasn't a spot on Jesus Christ that wasn't ripped and pulled apart and destroyed. Psalm 22 tells us, as I mentioned before, that his bones stared upon him. His literal flesh was removed so that his bones could be seen by the human eyeball. And there wasn't anything that they spared when they beat our Lord Jesus Christ. They ripped him from the top to the bottom. And you know what that means? We could see into the insides of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord Jesus Christ allowed man to look on the inside of him. Now, notice that. It's because we could, mankind could see on the inside of him. He gave his body. Mankind could see into the holy of holies through that of Jesus Christ. And now we are a royal generation. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You and I are in the priesthood of believers, not that of the Aaronic, not of those of the Levites, but out of the order of Melchizedek, and thanks to God that my great high priest was sinless and faultless, and he never done one thing wrong that could keep you and I out of heaven. But when we put our hope and faith and trust in that great high priest, you notice because he could swear by no other, he swore by himself. And because there was no priest that he could come out of the order of, he had to come of the order of himself. And so I want you to know this morning, friend, the bell's written the top and to bottom, and you and I can get into the Holy of Holies through Jesus Christ. But I want to say this. If you're saved by the grace of God, the Bible says here you're a royal priesthood. Only the priest could access the inside. Notice that. It's still the priesthood That has access to the Holy of Holies. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not in the priesthood. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to die and go to hell. And so there's this matter of of, of a priesthood still today. It's not gone away. But the idea that you and I have to pray to a man to get our sins forgiven is long gone. We pray to the Lord Jesus Christ because he was our great and is our great high priest from the order of Melchizedek, not Aaron. Not of the tribe of Levi. And I thank God for that this morning. So the veil was rent from top. To bottom, and only God could have torn the veil from the top to the bottom. Now, let me say this, and I'll be finished. There were three ordained offices in the Old Testament. Notice this with me. <coughs> there was the office of the prophet, ordained of God. There were prophets. There were priests who were also ordained, and there were kings. And when Jesus Christ came, Brother Shane, he fulfilled all three of those. Jesus Christ, he was a prophet. He is our great high priest. And Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And just like Melchizedek was King of Salem, the Son of God, Jesus Christ is going to come again, and he's going to rule and reign again in Jerusalem for a thousand years, and guess what? You know who brings peace on earth? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You know what Salem means? It means peace. The King of Peace. I wonder if you've got peace in your heart this morning. I wonder if if, if you'd like to be in the priesthood of believers. I wonder this morning if you'd like to get in the, Listen, everybody thinks they can pray. This world thinks that, uh, you know, it always amazes me, and I'm not making fun this morning, but they ain't in a funeral that I've ever gone to where they ain't quoting Psalms 23. Guess what? Psalms 23 ain't for you if you're not saved by the grace of God. And what they're doing is they're giving a farce. They're giving a lie. They're giving false hope. But I want you to understand something today you 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 get in the priesthood of believers by accepting the lord jesus christ but unless you friend are in the priesthood of believers you cannot access god you cannot pray to god you cannot stand at the casket of a loved one that's dead and weep and mourn and pray to god now i thought about this why is it that god don't hear it's it's iniquity it's separation right there's separation and so if brother shane was way down there by the end of the road and I was talking to him like I'm talking to you now. He's not going to hear me because he's going to be way down there. But if I got hurt and I realized that I was in danger and something was fixing to take my life, I would scream bloody murder. And I dare say, by the shame, being down there by the road would hear me and turn around and look. Only Jesus Christ hears that of a repentant heart. And when you sorrow, understanding that hell's your home, and you get scared, friend, about your destiny or your eternity in this damnation, you can cry that of repentance unto the Lord Jesus Christ and get his attention every time. And when you get saved by the grace of God, you will be born into the family of God, be born into the priesthood of believers, and have access to the Holy of Holies, never to be separated from your God ever again. But if you simply do not choose to do that, friend, you'll stand outside of the Holy of Holies the rest of your life wondering what's going going on on the inside. And you'll hope and beg and wonder if you're going to make it only to find out that one day he's going to say, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. Listen, in the Old Testament, if you weren't of the the tribe of Levi, you weren't getting in there, friend. And then only one man was going in. Right now, everyone, everyone has the ability to accept Jesus Christ and be born into the priesthood of believers because we're not after the tribe of Levi. We're not after the Aaronic priesthood. We are after the order of Melchizedek because of what Christ done for me and what Christ done for you. If you want access to God for him, you'll have to go through Jesus Christ. There's still this matter of a priesthood today but you'll have to make sure you go through Jesus Christ and be born into the priesthood of the believers. Sister, if you'll come, let's all stand to our feet this morning. God's in your heart about something. I would that you'd come. I don't know who the message was for, but still the Lord worked on my heart on this for several weeks. I know the Lord knows what we need. And I would ask that you would consider this morning what Christ done for you. And when you go before Jesus, or go before God through Jesus Christ, I wish that we would take time out of our day to understand and realize what has been afforded us to have that great privilege. I mean, think about it. We pray to God and talk to God, and we don't give a second thought to what had to be done for us to have been afforded that opportunity. Hey, listen, friend, do you realize Do you realize the blessing of God on our life to be able to close our eyes without our head and talk to the creator of the universe in which we live in, the one that sent his son to die for you and me? I'll be honest with you, friend. Somebody give their child for my life, I'd have a hard time just running up to them, patting them on the back and acting like everything's all right. We ought to be sober in this thing. We ought to have a respect for for God we ought to have a respect for Christ that's so deep rooted that when we go before him and enter into the the, the holy of holies when we go before him to find mercy and grace to help in time of need you and I realize what was paid for you and I to have that privilege we use God as a spiritual 911 we use God as anytime we want something or something's wrong we just talk to God no friend it doesn't work like that we ought to love and appreciate the, uh, Him for giving us the opportunity and, and paying the debt that was paid to give us the opportunity to even be able to bow our head and close our eyes and even be able to talk to God. I'll say this, you'll not talk to God unless you talk to Him through the person of Jesus Christ, our great high priest. Is He your great high priest this morning? And if you've not been born into the to of believers, you can be. You need to do business with God while this altar is open. You come. While she plays, you need to come. You come. says in Hebrews chapter 7 verse number 23 and they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death this man because he continueth ever hath an unchangeable priesthood nothing can ever change who he is or what he's done wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them for such an high priest became us who is holy Harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Who needeth not daily, as those high priests, to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's, for this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the Son who is consecrated evermore. 19 says for the law made nothing perfect but the bring in of a better hope did by the which we draw nigh unto God do you have hope this morning do you have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and if you don't you can